Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. You absolute bloody legends. Welcome back to another episode of Fat Chat by Body Magic. I have got a guest today that I was a big fan of before, but now I'm an even bigger fan after sitting down and uh, chatting to him. His name's Ben Eyre, and if you don't know who Ben is, you're going to know all about him by the end of the episode. He's got a great story. He's a professional uh, basketball player. He's played all around the world, uh, and uh, the last couple, well, last year in the NBL, he set it alight, like the heights that he got to with the small little opportunities that he was given, it's absolutely unbelievable. And he is ready to blow the competition up next year. And anybody that's listening that doesn't know him, like I said, you're going to know who he is and you're going to be a fan of him once you finish this podcast because the hard work, the determination. Um, There was a story in there that he was talking about uh, when he was a training slash development player in Cairns and one of the uh, the, the, um, starting five went down and there was a spot available for that week. The coach made him and the other development uh, and training player play a one-on-one sudden, you know, death, a, a fight, a one-on-one fight for their life as to see who was going to take that spot uh, for, uh, for the upcoming games in those next few weeks. And it was just through all of Ben's hard work his preparation, um, the habits that he's been forming all throughout his career. It was so in-depth what he gave me. It was unreal. It was so great to hear. But he was just able to seize any little moment, a little opportunity with both hands. And uh, that's why he's obviously just exploded the way that he has uh, on uh, on the NBL scene. And yeah, so it's, it's a ripping podcast. You're going to really, really enjoy this one. Um, and uh, just a reminder, if you haven't already, we've got the Fat Chat Challenge that's starting on Monday. There's only like, what, five days until that starts when this episode comes out. Um, which is uh, which is pretty crazy, and I'd love for as many of the Fat Chat listeners uh, to be uh, on that challenge as possible. Um, so pretty much what it is, if you haven't been hearing all the stuff that's been all over the socials and previous pods... I've got a 12-week program that I've designed especially uh, for anybody's goal, whether you want to lose weight, you want to gain muscle, you want to get a little bit better at the sport that you're playing. If you just don't know where to start in the gym, this program's for you. We've got workout programs for any of those goals, uh, personalized cookbooks and nutrition plans. There's heaps of great recipes that I'm adding, uh, brand new ones each and every week as well, which is bloody awesome. You get one-on-one coaching with me or another Body Magic coach just to guide you, be a PT in your pocket, uh, answer any questions all throughout the way and just sort of, you know, guide you through the whole process where well, you may not know where to, you know, exactly what to do. And that's what we're there for is just to make sure that uh, that you're on the right path and you're enjoying the experience as well. We've got habit building tools. We've got a challenge group chat. And I was actually funnily enough listening to another podcast the other day uh, that was talking about whether it's sport, whether it's business, whether it's, you know, anything really in life that people enjoy it so much more and achieve so much more when they're a part of something. 
And that's exactly what we're trying to do with the Fat Chat Challenge. We want you to be part of the Fat Chat community. We want to bring everybody together. We're going to have everybody on a group chat. Uh, and uh, it's already popping off. Everybody in there is so supportive. Whether you're, like I said, trying to lose weight, gain a bit of muscle, just get into fitness for the first time. Maybe just, you know, try a little bit better this 12 weeks than what you did last 12 weeks. Change some of your daily habits for the better. Um, it's been popping off. And the community that we're creating already there is amazing. We haven't really even got started yet, which is just crazy so um yeah being part of something just makes it that much more enjoyable and uh, you absolutely achieve much more when you're in it together you're in the trenches together and and this program is definitely not something that's intimidating at all it shouldn't be what we're doing is we're just trying to change these small little daily habits that you've got and when we look back in 12 weeks time hopefully day to day you don't actually notice that you're doing that much extra because we don't want to do a big lifestyle overhaul it's more about just making these small little adjustments where we can enjoying the process while we do it and then when we look back in the 12 weeks time we go holy fuck, what a difference that made. But we've got all the guys over at Backchat uh, that are also jumping on. We've got Will, Dan, and uh, Hammer all uh, committed to uh, getting into this 12 weeks, which is going to be a lot of fun. We've got the Saturday morning group class that everybody that's um, participating in the challenge will be invited down to. We're talking like big numbers. Uh, if you're in Perth, it's going to be bloody awesome. Uh, and I would love to love for you to be a part of it and uh, really grow this Fat Chat community. It's only $25 a week for the 12 weeks. It's like, honestly, it, the value on it is unbelievable uh, there's great prizes uh, for uh, some of the winners of some of the challenges uh, and uh, there's a leaderboard as well to see who's been tracking all their workouts and uh, making sure they're ticking off their food and also recording their mood as well it's all in there but we start on Monday I would love for you to be a part of it uh, if you want to sign on up it's uh, over at www.bodymagic.fit uh, but let's get into the episode with Ben and uh, you are going to love this episode he's an absolute champion here we go all right Welcome back to another episode of Fat Chat. Now, the guest that I've got today, what a story in the in the NBL. So he was playing up in Cairns for the Cairns Taipans. He's just signed a big, juicy new deal with Southeast Melbourne. And he's one of the most uh, improved and impressive players of, uh, of NBL 23. And I cannot wait to get into everything about his career uh, and everything performance related and how he's got to where he is today. Please welcome Ben Eyre. Thank you for having me. Thank oh, mate, mate. Super, you, yeah. super excited to have you. Bro, so uh, how's the off season been? Yeah, it's been good. Been good so far. Um, bit of bit of change has come. You know, obviously moving back down from Cairns um, back to Melbourne. Yep. Um, and just been kind of getting into things with Sandringham and NBL One. Great. Um, and, and the season's going pretty well, hey? Season's going well so far. Um, you know, great group of guys. Um, great coaching staff with um, Dave and and Reese. Yep. Um, and yeah, it's been, it's been great so far. Pretty smooth. We've That's been good. Winning games. And then on a personal side, just been working out, getting my routine back. Excellent. Um, with some of my individual coaches. Yes. Um, which is exactly what I want to speak to you a little bit later on in the yeah. pod, which I'm super interested because uh, your season last year, you improved amazingly. So uh, just to, we're, we're going to go sort of uh, order, but just to sum it up a little bit, you're a development player at one club, switched over to another one. You were just a training player. Uh, you got a small little window of opportunity and you really grasped that and then just took off last year. It must have been amazing for you. Yeah, it was amazing. Um, somewhat unexpected. You know, obviously you always got belief in yourself and expecting yeah. that to happen at some point. But, um, you know, until it really happens, you, you never really know when it's when that time's coming. So, of course, um, yeah, it's been it's been great ever since and just kind of just kept in stride. Absolutely. So let's go like right back and we'll work our way forward. So do you want to tell us a little bit about where you grew up, uh, your family, maybe how you got into basketball? Yeah, man. Um, grew up 
in um in McKinnon, yep, um, East Bentley area or McKinnon area, and um, got three older siblings. So I got old, two older sisters and an older brother. Yep, all all three of them played basketball. Great, um, played for McKinnon McKinnon Basketball Association. Growing up, my parents were pretty involved in the club as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I kind of just followed in the footsteps of my siblings all playing. Um, my brother played at a pretty high level as well. Yep. Um, my sisters both as well were both really good juniors. Um, so just kind of just like followed them early on? Followed them early on, man. And But like obviously in the backyard, you know, like my brother's playing basketball. Me and him are playing like one-on-one every day. Just kind of getting beat up, um, like putting the rim down, like dunking on each other. Yeah, that's nice. Like, you know, just, just the regular like backyard stories with, with, your, with your older brother. Um, and yeah, and then obviously I played for McKinnon. Um, I used to go to a lot of like big V games at the time, which is like state league or NBL one equivalent to that now. Yep. Um, and that's when my brother was playing like pretty high level basketball then. Um, and yeah, I kind of just fell in love with the game and, and the high level, the high level game, I think. And yep. just kind of knew from a young age that this is what I wanted to do. And see, so yeah, I kind of got obsessed with it. And, Absolutely. And, and, and from there. was there like an actual like point where, whether it be like you made a certain team or was there like a game that really stood out for you? Like junior days that you were like, this is it where you had that moment where you're like, this is what I want to do forever. Um, I would probably say, I don't think it's a specific game. I think probably in my mind, we used to have at McKinnon, we used to do, we had this coach um, and he, he had this like, this ball handling drill, which yep. was like, uh, it was kind of like a famous thing within the club. And it was like all the older kids, it was like, it was a time thing. So it was yep. like, you had, you had to complete it in like 30 minutes. And then it kind of become this thing where everyone was like trying to cut that time down, down, down. And it was like 23 minutes, blah, blah, blah. And from a young age, I was just like very obsessed with like getting that, getting time. that time. Yeah. So um, I think probably in my mind early on, it was like that drill really was like a thing where, I was just going at it. That non-stop. just had that com- just ticked over that competitive mindset for you. Yeah, yeah, always, and like had to beat older guys. And then I kind of just that's kind of where my ball handling from a young age just kind of started from. Yep. Um, and I think just yeah, from that moment on, it was like once I realized I could kind of do that, and like I seen the improvement in the ball handling every single day from such a young age too. Yep. Um, I started just yeah, it just kind of grew, and then. Um, that coach kind of went away and then it just, it just stuck with me. I never really, never really left it. For sure. And then where do you reckon that sort of drive and motivation came to you from such a young age? Was it just the competitive side of it with your brothers and, and mm. that sort of thing growing up or? Yeah, I think, I think being a younger sibling helped. Yep. Um, and also just with my brother being around, like I always used to go and play with him and his mates. So it's like, I'm always the younger guy. Like, yep. I felt like I was always even now which just raises your you know level yeah i just feel like i've always was playing around older guys um and it just helps like yeah it helps you play better even now it's like when you play with a higher level of talent you just tend to play better so i feel like i was just always in that mode from a young age and um yeah i think that's just kind of helped and then um we can probably talk about it in depth later but like once i met joey right yep when i was like probably 13 he kind of just happened the same thing happened like I just was around older guys. I was around NBL guys. And Joey at the time was still kind of like playing pickup and one-on-one and all that sort of stuff. So yeah. um, again, it was just like another level of like, just opened up another world to me of like trash talk and like Absolutely. all that sort of stuff. Because I hear that you love talking as well. I do hey? love to talk. <laughs> and that, and that's, that's where that came from really is Joey. Like that's that's the kind of American style of basketball and, yep. and trash talk. And Well, tell us about um, that. Tell, tell, tell us about how that came about. 
Man, well, <laughs> about the trash talking? Oh, well, just about, you yeah, know, the yeah, story yeah. about Joey and how, yeah, yeah. Well, so with Joey was, first I met him um, at Five Star. There's yep. a camp called Five Star, which is like really, at the time was really big in America. And um, they brought it out to Australia and like they were bringing American coaches over, like high school coaches, college coaches, and and then Joey was a part of that. At the time, he was the head coach of the Gold Coast Blaze. Yep. Um, and just for anybody that uh, just backtracking on that, Joey Wright, gun NBL coach, he coached yep. you know Adelaide for many years, and he's like a ruthless coach as ruthless well. Coach, yeah, 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 yeah. But also great guy. But um, I think he's third winningest coach in NBL history. Yeah, I want to say. Um, yeah. So he he ended up being there. I went to the camp. It was like a five day camp, like nine to five or nine to three, which yeah, like right. Huge day. Today yeah. you wouldn't, you wouldn't see a camp like that nah. anymore in the school holidays. Um, anyway, so I went there probably within like the second day or the first or second day. I can't remember what it was. Um, we we're doing like a ball handling drill. And I think that's when Joey kind of like noticed me being like somewhat talented um, in that area. And then we just got talking, blah, blah, blah. And he was like, the next day he was like, just meet me in the gym at six o'clock. So I'm like, Okay, like whatever. So I get there like 6 a.m. And Joey's like just sitting there waiting for me. And we just go through like a whole workout, like an hour and a half. Wow. Yeah, like so 6 to like 7.30. This 7 is like before, yeah. Yeah, this is before. Before the camp, yeah. yeah. before the camp. And then we just like sat around, talked, and then like the camp starts. And then we go through the day. And then we ended up doing that for the next like three, four days of the camp. Um, and so I really got to know Joey then. And he also just really helped me with my game and just kind of taught me how to actually work out like – think these days or I think just in general like as a kid it's it's you don't really know how to work out yeah. like you just watch YouTube and then go into the backyard and kind of mimic these things but you don't actually know how to work out or like get better at a drill so Joey kind of just put that in my mind which I appreciate him for so much and like just gave me ideas and this and that and then I can take that home and then I can go work on work myself on yourself yeah. I can build on that um <coughs> and uh yeah anyway so then from there Joey I ended up going up to Gold Coast. He mm. was just like, in the school holidays, he's like, just- So what year you were you come up. or how old were you at this stage? I would have been stage? 14, 13, yep. 14. Wow. Yeah. And like, I was a, I'm a late bloomer in terms of like physically. So I was tiny, man. Like, yeah, like tiny. Don't even know if I had hair on my armpits. Like, <laughs> like I was seriously that small and like just skinny. And then Joey had me come up to Gold Coast in the school holidays. And um, my brother actually came with me. Um, we just went up, got a hotel- and I trained, I didn't train, I didn't actually train with the guys, but like. You um, went to the center and. Yeah, yeah, yeah I was yeah. there. Um, I like jumped in on some scrimmages, but at the end of the trainings, Joey, like the development players who were there and like some of the coaches, me, my brother, and maybe some other kind of random guys that got in. Joey like had us stay back and we played pickup. Wow. Like five and five full court. The coaches are playing, like Holy the assistant shit. coaches, like Pera Cameron was How there. How sick is that when you're like, you know, 14? Yeah, yeah, it was sick. I think a lot of it was too for me just to like get a run in and like just play with older guys. And, um, but the biggest thing from that is like, I'm the only one on the court not talking trash at the time. <laughs> like Joey's going at me, like, yeah. <laughs> at me. Like so a lot of There's things I can't say, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like he's just getting a bucket, like, oh, telling me how he's going to score me, you know, like. I'm going to back you down, turn around, right shoulder fade, <laughs> boom, glass. And he's doing it like in my face. I'm like, damn, like, I'm not, I don't know what I'm supposed to do, you know? And um, it just got to the point where, and then the next guy, you know, he's coming down, picking on me, like the DP who at the time, like I'm 14, this guy's probably 20, 21, 22, like just killing me. 
And uh, they're all just going at me, like talking trash the whole time. Take no prisoners. Yeah, yeah, no prisoners at all. So now I'm in an environment where if I'm not talking trash, I'm the odd one out. It's kind of weird. It's funny how there's like those little bits uh, in your career or life or whatever, or whatever you end up doing that is so significant. Even that's just a little yeah, bit. So but that actually, in terms of your development and everything, really significant. Huh? Yeah, massive. And um, I don't know, that kind of just put a switch in me up after that was like, I just see, I can see how, whether it was Joey or whether it was um, like Para, Para Cameron was a big trash talker too. Yep. Um, like they can kind of just get in this zone when they when they are talking trash or like it just gives you a competitive edge sometimes. And from that point onwards, like I went back to Melbourne, was playing and like now I'm playing like, you know, under like bottom age under 16s Friday night at McKinnon and I'm talking trash. <laughs> you know what I mean? And it's like, it's very, fra- it was very frowned upon. Like, yes. And still to this day in Australia, I feel like, it's pretty frowned upon. Like I don't necessarily get a good reception when I talk trash, yep. but for me, I feel like now, cause I've done it for so long and obviously I went to America and um, went to college and, and that helped me a lot because in America, like that's just normal. That's like, just, how, yeah, it goes, that's just yeah. how they are, especially junior college, especially like there's a lot of trash talk um, mm-hmm. that's going on. But I don't know. I think for me now, because I've done it, like I said, I've done it so much and talked so much, trash pretty much like it puts me at a competitive advantage every time because a lot of guys don't know how to react to it or catches them off guard or whatever so now they're like they're just thinking about me you know like yep. like this dude's talking trash or this dude's doing this like it's like another element to the game for you as well that yeah another game that you're playing not just the actual physical 100 yeah. and like i i've been i'm so comfortable in that environment of going back and forth with someone that it's just, I, I feel like they're now at a disadvantage and I'm at an advantage. Like yep. uh, my game goes to another level and their game goes down. So if we're head to head and we're playing, we're having a good game. If I can kind of get in this guy's head and I'm not really doing it to like, I'm not doing it to like personally attack someone or do anything like that. Like it's literally just so that my game elevates. Yep. And most of the time, their game goes down. Yeah, great. Because like, they're just thinking about me, you know? Exactly what you said. It's just another level to actually playing the game, not just, you know, exactly. the hoop. And I think for me, like, I'm never, I'm never normally the first one that says anything, but I am also, like, searching. Yeah. I'm, I'm waiting. <laughs> waiting for the opportunity. Yeah, I'm waiting for someone <laughs> to maybe say something or to just, like, a really small thing. Like, even recently, we were down in um, Mount Gambia yeah. uh, for NBL1. I think I have 40. Oh, I had 39. Nice. But, um... Like the crowd, someone in the crowd just like said the smallest thing. I can't remember what they said, but like for me, I was just like done. Like that's it. Like, and now I'm talking trash to like the coach on the bench. I'm talking trash to like all the whole baseline, the whole sideline. But like for me, that's just like environment I love. And I also feel like it's entertaining. You Absolutely. Know? Yeah. So like, even though that crowd hated me, like the Gambia crowd ended up like booing me. And I think I went to Geelong earlier in the year. Same thing. Crowds booing me. Um, like I do have people after the games from the other team in the crowd, like come up to me and just be like, Hey, like that was, that was really fun. Like that yeah, was cool. Yeah, you know, yeah. That was entertaining. And like, that's the, that's what I enjoy. Like I like hearing Put that on a show as well. Yeah. yeah and I'm not trying to be a dick. Like I'm not trying to be an asshole to anyone. So, but. so on that, because you're not like, you know, like attacking people, what's like, what, what, what do you go for? Like, what are you talking about? Are you talking about your, are you telling them what you're going to do as in like your yeah. next move? Or are you saying you can't guard me? Do you have little one liners? What do you yeah, do? Yeah. I mean, a lot of like, you can't guard me this and that, but I, I really like the ones when it's like, I'm telling you what I'm going to do. You know, I think probably at the NBL level, it's, harder to do that because I mean 
the guys are just way far better, you know? Yeah. And, and I'm still in that stage where I'm trying to like prove myself and like create what style of player I want to be and, um, and just compete at a super high level. But in NBL one, yeah, it's probably more like that or in pickup. Um, I'm probably more like telling you what I'm going to do and try and try and get you that way. But also just, yeah, like a lot of, you can't guard me a lot of like, um, I don't really just know. Just a little ticky-tack stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ticky-tack yeah, 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 stuff. Yeah. yeah, fun stuff. But also just things about their game, you know, like um, just telling have, them what they can't do. Have what you got any from do. the NBL from the season just gone? Uh, trash talk? Yeah. Any examples? Um, probably some I can't say in the NBL. <laughs> some of them were a little bit personal. In the NBL. <laughs> um, I mean, from me, like in terms of like, if I'll get it back more in the NBL. Like a lot of imports would just say like, you know, I don't know who you are. Yeah. Blah, 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 all this sort of stuff. Um, but in saying that, like when they come over here, to me, it's like more people in the crowd know who I am than you are. Yeah. So like a lot of that, I'll just tell them that back or I don't know. Some guys would just tell them they're ugly. <laughs> <laughs> like if they really are, you know. That's, that's bottom of the barrel stuff. Yeah, yeah. That's, <laughs> that's, that's probably a little bit too personal. You know? but, oh, um, that's awesome, bro. Yeah, just, just stuff like that, yeah. So then in your career, when was kind of the turning point that you went, I could maybe be pro here? Was there an opportunity with a certain team? Uh, you went over to college as well. Um, was there one moment that you were like, I can actually make a professional career out of this? Um. I just, I think I always thought like, I kind of never really had a plan B. <laughs> so like from a young age, even like the day I went to, the day I went to college was kind of like, this is what I really want to do. Where did you play in college? I went to um, Skagit Valley, which is like a small junior college in yep. Washington. And then I transferred to a division two school in Kansas called Newman, which again, small school. Um, both of them were yeah very small schools and not really a traditional pathway in college. Um, but in saying on, on that, I would say that the benefit of doing that for me was that I was always playing. Like I played 30 minutes a game in junior college and I played 30 minutes a game in D2. It was a starting point guard, junior college, starting point guard, D2. Whereas some guys seek to go to the biggest school. And then get less And minutes, then you yeah. just sit on the bench and then like the coach is yelling at you and it's just like- and You're not getting any better because you're not getting that you're not getting game better. experience. Yeah, and you're not you're not playing and it just, it becomes really easy just to be like, ah, stuff this because like I got a coach yelling at me all week and then I go to the game and I don't play. It's like, you know what I mean? Like I feel like a lot of guys kind of quit or, and like understandably, because that sounds terrible. Like mm. I would hate to do that too. I'd hate to get yelled at and then not go and not play. Whereas at least I'm getting, I'm getting, I'm still getting yelled at. Like that's, but at least that's college, but at yeah. least I can go play, you know, and- <coughs> Pardon me. Um, at least I can go work on my game and and, and just gain that experience. Um, so yeah, absolutely. And then, uh, so how was your college career? And then, how did that end up uh, bringing you back to Australia after that? Um, college career was great. You know, it was really like I just said. I I played. I was always playing. Um, off court, I loved it. Met some great people. Some of my best friends are still over in America. Um, and yeah, just. I was, again, I was just able to play, which I, I loved um, every day. And, and junior college was a real experience. You know, it's tough. You really got to grind it out. Yep. Not much given to you. You don't get like all the gear, fancy gear, all that. Like you don't have coaches coming in praising you all the time. No one's sitting, like you go play and there's eight people in the crowd. You know what I mean? Like yep. it's, it's hard. It's difficult and kind of have days where you're like, what am I doing? Like this is not leading to anything. No one's watching this. Yep. Blah, blah, blah. All that sort of stuff. So Juco's tough, but- um, I think a lot of those habits and a lot of the, that mindset that I built in junior college 
um, has benefited me amazingly now and kind of gives me an advantage now, I think, over some guys who probably didn't go down that way. Yeah, definitely. Probably had like a just a big Division One out of high school, like, hey, yep. here's a scholarship. Um, and then same with Division Two, man. Like Division Two is very similar to junior college in the fact that like you don't have the same funding. Um, so a lot of the stuff's just like, go get it yourself. You don't have the fancy gear, fancy gym, fancy all that. Like it's yep. just just show up and play basketball. Yeah. Um, which is kind of what I love anyway to do. Like that's all I'm there for. So yep. that's all that matters. Absolutely. Um, and then how'd you end up getting back to Australia after that? Um, and then after that, uh, I stayed in touch with Joey kind of the whole time and Joey was head coach at Adelaide. Um, and he brought me back as a development player. Um, and then, yeah, from that was kind of like my into to the NBL. Yep. But in saying that, like that was just one year and then I was done. Like we didn't, didn't play I don't even know if I played a single minute in a regular season game that year. Yep. Um, so yeah, that was kind of, that was my into the NBL, but then I was <laughs> out, very out quickly. pretty quickly. Yeah. yeah. So then how did that like conversation go when you were out and when, when that happened? Cause obviously you've got a pretty good relationship with Joey Ryan. Mm. Um, and uh, this is your first sort of professional um, uh, part of your experience of your career. What was that like when you got told that, oh no, we'd have a spot for you. What were you thinking? Well, I actually never got told. So Joey got really? fired. Well, Joey got fired. Oh, got fi- that was the year he got fired. Yeah. So Joey got fired, and then I just never heard from anyone at the club. Oh, to be honest, what? Yeah, it's pretty <laughs> I crazy. Bet, I bet they're they're trying to look back at the contracts. Go, hang on, can we get yeah, him back? I hang mean, on. maybe, but I just never, I never heard from anyone. And wow. then it, was, it was it was also COVID. Like it just hit. Um, not that that's really an excuse, but um, yeah, just just never heard from anyone. So I was just in my mind, I was just kind of like, whoa, if. Like Joey's the one that brought me in. He's not there. So it probably is what it is, you know, like one year it's a DP is normally just one year contract anyway. Yep. Um, so yeah, that's just it is it is what it is, I guess. Yeah, for sure. And then um whilst you're DP during that year, because obviously you're not getting time on court, mm. what was that kind of feeling like for you as well? Were you thinking, what the fuck am I doing here? Mm. Or were you or were you still really enjoying that experience? Or I did. I, I really did enjoy that experience. Um I just tough. It is yeah. tough, but that was my first, like, that was my first, like, being a part of a pro team experience, I think. And going back to your question earlier, I don't think I answered about the first, like, a moment where you thought you were going to be pro. Like, I'd obviously always had the belief and thought, like, I want to go pro. I'm going to be a pro one day. But, like, you never really know what that's going to look what like. What the route is, yeah, yeah. Yeah, or how that is. And obviously, for me, it was very untraditional, but... I think early on in that Adelaide year, like really gave me like belief. Like I had a lot of guys around me in that team that had been in the NBL for a long time that were like, bro, like you're going to play in the NBL one day or like you're good enough to play right now. Like maybe you should play these minutes, that minutes. Like in the preseason when I was playing and like um, I was playing a lot of practice. We actually had a trip. We went to the Philippines um, as a team and I had, I just had like a really good trip. We played, we had like the younger guys, like the rest of our DPs, plus some of the young guys from the team. We played against like a younger Filipino team over there who were like pretty highly. Yeah, the um, Philippines love basketball. Oh man. I think they're talking about that they may be looking to do another team because they used to have the Singapore Slingers in the NBL. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I think they're trying to do that maybe again that day. I would love that. Yeah, Philippines was amazing. It was one of my favorite trips I've ever done, like basketball trips. Um, Just mad about basketball. Um, But we played the national team, Filipino national team. That was the first team. That was the first Australian team that had gone back to the Philippines since the fight. Yes. When we had the fight. That was hectic. <laughs> yeah. That was hectic. Yeah. Um, 
but it was like a shutout game. No, no one it was only VIP people allowed in the mm-hmm. game. But um, anyway, when we went to that trip, I had a really good trip and played really well. Played a little bit against the national team. Um, and yeah, I just felt comfortable. I was kind of like, and more so hearing feedback from people like your peers that are already in the league or have been in the league for a long time. And just they're telling affirm, you. Yeah, exactly. Affirming that, yeah. Yeah, and they're telling you like, bro, you can really, you know, you can really do this. You can really find a way. And um, yeah, in my mind, and Joey from get go with everyone, like all the other DPs we had um, was just like, you guys are, you know, you guys are legit and just always putting confidence in us. Um, so from that moment, I think I really was like, I can, I can really do this in the NBL, you know, at a yep. high level. Um, uh, so was it yeah. frustrating hearing all that and then not getting more actual minutes and everything in, in the season? And then even more so like when Adelaide just don't call you back to, you know, follow mm. up and, and still make you part of the roster. Was that frustrating? Cause you know that you were, you know, feeling like you could really compete at that level. Yeah. Yeah. It's a little bit frustrating, but I think it was more, I'm just so focused on like, especially at the time too, I was just so focused on just getting better like at basketball and like just the journey of basketball and the journey that I was on. Like, I didn't know when it was going to happen, but I, I knew something, you know, I knew it was going to happen. It was going to happen at some point. I knew yeah. I was going to break through and like, I just focused so much on like my day to day and just working out. And that was the good thing about that group that I had. I had, um, there was four development players on that team, which is quite a lot. For a, t- uh, for a team to have. But yep. it was me, Alex Majonra, Bajan Johnson, and Michael Harris. Harris plays for Perth yep. now. Um, BJ has been like on the cusp of the NBL and probably should be in the NBL for a long time. And Alex has been in the league for a long time as well. So like three, those three guys that I had around me were like some of the most talented young guys in Australia. And the four of us all together were just like in the gym every day working out. And it was just, I don't know, we kind of created this group where it just didn't really matter that we weren't playing. And like, we were just getting so much better, having so much fun um, in the mornings in our workouts that, I don't know, it just kind of took the focus off like, why am I not playing? Why the, am I not The, the pressure of actually, yeah, being Yeah, and the journey, the I think the journey that we had that year, just like, I kind of just fell in love with the process of just kind of getting better every day. Which um, is so important to actually, you know being a success in whatever field that you want to sure. do. It's just enjoying the process of it rather than the For outcome. Sure. Big time, big time. I think that's the, the focus, like yep. always. And I think once you kind of let go of being so hyper-focused on like a dream or a goal, once you kind of let go of that and just come back to like, why am I actually doing this? Or what's the what's the process to getting there? And then just focus on that process, like your day-to-day, get better at this. Or like, this is a this is a gap I have in my game. How can I get better at this? And if your mind is just fully focused on those things and just in, actually enjoying it, I think like the end goal is eventually going to happen. So yep. I kind of worked that out probably that year. Um, and I kind of knew I wasn't really going to play uh, pretty early on. So it was just kind of like focusing on that and the process of it. And I just, yeah, just ended up falling in love with it even more. And then um, that was kind of the way for me to, to get through that year and, um, like looking back on it still, like, I don't think I ever really was like frustrated, you know, that I, that I wasn't playing. So, yeah, no, I love it. And then how, what did that transition period from, uh, 36s and how'd you end up at Cairns? So in bet- tell us about that situation there. So yep. in between there, I went to, um, it was COVID. So I came back, it was COVID, like COVID hit like three weeks after I got back from Adelaide. Mm-hmm. Um, I was playing with, I'd signed with Knox in NBL one and that was kind of going to be like, that was supposed to be like the year, the off season where it's like 
So you've been a you've been a DP, like you've obviously done some good things in the NBL, but now go back to the NBL one and like you're gonna have a high like bigger responsibility and you're gonna play a lot and it's like you try and progress and then hopefully try and get an NBL contract the next year or whatever. So that's kind of like in my mind like what I'm thinking of doing. And then COVID happened. And then that season, that season with Knox was just like on and off. It was like cancelled. Games were getting cancelled left, right and centre. So it was just like really weird. Um, and then I think they just ended up wiping it out all together the season at some point. And that's when I went to Lithuania. Mm-hmm. So I was just like, I need to keep playing pro. Um, or like, I just want to keep, you know, I was, one, I want to keep playing Another basketball. Yeah. yeah. And it's like, the NBL was like, the NBL was happening because like they're, in a bubble now in the, in um, like Brisbane or wherever they were. But like the season's still going on. And like, I'm now out of the league. Like I'm not a DP. I'm not a training player. Cause you can't really be a training player with COVID happening. Yeah. They can't be bringing guys in. So now I'm just like completely out of the league. And the NBL very much is like, it's, it's very, you have to be in front of people all the time. And like, it's just hard to break into that bubble. Like yeah. it's really, really hard. Um, so in my mind, I'm like, damn, like that's just kind of like my opportunity pass. You know, I've been in it once. It's probably gonna be really hard to get back into it. So then I kind of just switched my focus to um, like, let me just see if I can kind of start my European career. You know what I mean? Or like go over to Europe and and um, try and build my way up in, in Europe, basically. And Brock Modem, who... Yes, yeah, so he played for the Boomers. He's injured. <coughs> I, I saw him in Japan play. He's in Japan. Yeah, yeah, moment, yeah. yeah, most recently he was in Japan, but like has been in been in Europe for a very long time, came back to the NBL for a little bit. That's where actually- Maybe the Sixers, eh? Yeah, that's where I met him. So that was before I went to college. I was just like, again, I was just up there like kind of training with them. Um, And Brock was there. You know, he came back for like six months or whatever and averaged like 22 and 14 and was like best big man in the league. Um, Which is, it's just crazy to me the amount of attention that Brock doesn't get in Australia. Like for being one of the best basketball players we've had probably ever- um, like no one talks about him or yeah. even like his, his European career has like been so impressive. Um, but anyway, so I've, I've, um, I'm like really close with him and he kind of just ended up putting me on to, uh, like an old agent of his when he used to play in Lithuania, um, and got in contact with him. And then he kind of just, it came around like a second division contract in, in Lithuania, the LKO, which is Actually, a really tough league to play in. What's Lithuania? Uh, sorry, the LKL hectic? is the first division. I play in the NKL. Hey, is it hectic? Lithuania? Yeah, like basketball or the country? Everything. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I would say it's, it probably hectic's probably not the word, right word because it is very like slow, like slow paced. There's not heaps of people around. Yeah, um, but just how different? Man, so different. Mm. You know, so so different. Just like it was, it was cold, gloomy. Um, just like kind of apartment buildings is like where everyone lives. That in, looks you know. the same. Yeah, yeah, it all looks the same. Just boxes and like not many people outside because it's so cold. Yeah. Um, mind you, I was in uh, a city called Mujeki, which is like tiny yep. and like kind of a bit rural. So that did also didn't help. But yep. um, yeah, it was just Lithuania was just a completely different experience. But again, another one of those experiences where you go over, no one speaks English. Like I'm living by myself in this hotel room. Like you just walk to practice, walk back. It's still COVID. So there's still a lot of like uncertainty, even in their country. Mm. Um, and yeah, it's just, it's just another one of those moments, like similar to Juco, if not probably, or not, if not way harder than Juco, way more difficult. But again, just, you learn so many different things being there. One mainly about myself, you know, just so much time by yourself. Um, 
And like, again, I, I think to this day, like those things that I learned and, and those situations I was put in, like are the reason why to this day, um, or the reason why today I am who I am and like yep. play the way I play and, and have that chip on the shoulder, stuff like that. So absolutely. Yeah. And then how did it end up that you were coming back to, to Oz? Um, then I came back, I finished, I've, I came back like a, t- a little bit early from Lithuania um, came back. I was in Australia for like the summer yep. in Melbourne. And then that's when I was kind of just living in Melbourne and like, I didn't really know basketball kind of was like sec- Like I was working out every day. Like, cause I just, again, like back to the process, like that's just all I knew to what to do. Like wake up in the just morning. Like that's yep. my purpose. You know what I mean? Like I wake up in the morning, I go lift, I go train, I go play basketball. You know, like that's just what I was doing every single day, trying to get better, better, better. And it gave me a purpose to like wake up and do things. And, um, but it kind of came in my mind. I was like, there's, I need to go do something else. You know, like this is probably not going to be the, yeah. Hard pill to swallow, you know, yeah. even talking about it now, it seems, it's so weird to think that I was in that mindset of like, maybe basketball is just going to have to be, you know, a second thing. Like maybe I can make like 10, 15 K and NBL one and just, just have another job, you know, yeah. just go, go do something else. Or, um, and then probably like last second, man, Joey, Joey actually called me and was like, um, like I just spoke to Adam Ford and like, they're like, would you go up there and be a training player? I'm like, oh, I don't know, man. Like, I don't know if I'm going to like go up there and do this whole thing again for like no money and yeah. like move my life up to Cairns. I just didn't really know if I wanted, I just didn't think I wanted to do it, you know? So I actually, I actually told, the first thing I told Joey was nah. I was like, I don't think I want to do it, man, at all. And then I kind of sat on it for like two, three days and then came back to him and I was just like, again, in my mind, I'm like, I'm just going to go up there. I'm just going to, it just- it's, See what happens. It's going to give me a space. I wasn't even thinking playing at mm. all, like not one bit. I'm like, I'm going to go to like some nice weather. It's going to give me a space of like a court every day, an environment where I can actually just, it's normal to play basketball every day and be around like-minded guys. And like, so be it. Let's just go up there, enjoy it. I'll get a job. I'll just work a little job on the side. Yep. And let's just like work out every day, train. I literally wasn't thinking, not one time that it crossed my mind, yeah, you're going to play, like ever. Wow. So I'm like, all right, whatever. I'll go up there. I got a job. I was working um, probably like, I wasn't working like heavy. I was probably working like, I don't know, maybe three hours a day, three, four hours a day in the afternoon. So I'd go- Where tra- were you working? Go to train. I was working at a, um, I forget what the company's name is called. Sounds like you really love the job. But yeah. <laughs> nah, it was like, it was like, um, I used to go to like out to schools yep. and do like after school care stuff. Yeah, gotcha. Um, and just like work with like youth, yep. basically. Um, I actually I actually did really enjoy it. It was cool. But um. Yeah, I just forget the company's name now. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I was doing that in the afternoon and then I was just training every day. And then I actually got injured. Like, actually funny, I do have a good story about that. In the in the early stages of the year, Scott Machado, yep. who, got, who got injured, I want to say he did his ankle or something like that. And he was out for quite a while. And there was another training player there with me. And uh, 40 ended up, like after one, we had a film session upstairs and then after the film session, he's like Ben and um, Robbie, the other training player, he's like, you guys just stay up here. So everyone went downstairs and then he's like, I'm just going to like, you guys going to play pretty much, you guys pretty much are going to play one-on-one 
to see who I'm going to bring up. To, to <laughs> fill the spot. Yeah, to fill the spot. Oh, which is a wild, which is a wild situation. Oh, I'm like, what? Just battled to the death pretty much. Like, <laughs> with two guys. Oh my God, wow. Crazy. But at the same time, great. Like, I love that. Like, yeah. That's a, that's a cool situation, you know? It's just like the better man, like better best player is going to, you know? Take it whoever out. Whoever wins, wins type of thing. I don't know if like that was actually the plan, like in his mind. Like, I'm sure he, he probably knew which person he wanted to bring up already, but like that environment of like a bit of tension and like competitiveness. Put some pressure on it. Yeah. Yeah. 40, 40 is really good at creating those environments. Yep. And, and um, I love those environments too. They're like in the moment when it's you, it's really tough. Cause it's like, it is tense and you're like, Holy, like, you know, holy shit. Like this is, it's like do or die right now on a one-on-one at eight o'clock in the morning. You, know, like, you don't, you don't <laughs> think about that, but it's a cool environment and it's an environment that creates success, I think. And, and I know 40 thinks that too. So, um, yeah, like literally that day we, we, after that, we just roll downstairs and we're like pretty much straight into a one-on-one, wow. which is like crazy. Yeah. That's like a, it was a, it was a situational one where, um, like, you know, the, the offensive guy starts at half court, other guy starts on the wing and like you come meet and then you're playing like downhill ones and you do like five spots first to like three at each thing, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And like one of the assistant coaches is like initiating the drill and forties over there just sitting on just the sideline watching. watching and like the whole team's on the other end, like warming up, but they're watching, you know? Yeah, yeah, well. So yeah, it's yeah. like, it's a pretty tense environment. And they're probably going, what the fuck's going on over yeah, there? Yeah, like what's like- going on? And then the, the other guy, Robbie, he, um, he was actually very, not actually, he's very nice. Like he can hoop, dude can hoop for sure. And like early on, like he's busting my ass. And on top of that, Robbie talks a lot of trash. So now Robbie starts talking shit to me. And I'm like, damn, man. Like we're playing one-on-one right now and he's talking shit. And then once he, it's funny because once he started talking shit, it just went like, flicked. Bro, it just turned me up like so much. And then I ended up, um, I ended up winning that drill, blah, blah, blah. And I think it was it was like moving in that direction where I was going to play. And then the next day, it might have even been that day, but I want to say it's the next day, me and Keanu, we're doing a one-on-one rebounding drill. Yep. And Keanu's like knee just like crashes into my knee and I fractured my knee. Oh. Yeah. So I'm no. out. So like I, now I'm out for like three months. So Machado, oh. Machado's out for, for two months. And, and now I'm out. probably going to come up and play. Yeah, now I'm out for three months. Um, I remember that training too. My knee, like I, my knees like blew up. But then I remember 40 putting me like on the team that I was going to play. Like, like once you can, you can get the vibe that like, all yeah. right, you're on this, you're in, you're in this group. So you're probably going to play. So we're going through offenses and like five and oh doing this. And he's like, they're like preparing me to play. And my knee, I can't fucking run, man. But oh. I'm like, try, I didn't tell anyone. I'm just sitting there and I'm like running, just running, pushing through. My knee's like fractured. A fractured knee cam. Oh, yeah, and I'm just God. thinking in my head, I'm like, nah, it'll be nothing. It'll be nothing. Like I'll be fine. Like I'm actually gonna play. And then after, like, I have to go get it checked out. And like, obviously, once you stop playing, that's when stop it blows moving. Up. Yeah. It was just, and then they're like, yeah, your knee's fucked. And I'm like, oh. so then I didn't even play. So that was early in the year. Um, they kind of gave me the option. They're like, you can go home and rehab, or you can just, you know, you can go home if you want. I was like, nah, like there's no, like you know, I'm here, so I might as well stay. Stayed and rehabbed for for three months and all that and like just sat there, watched training. And then I eventually came back and then I was just back in that same mode of like, you're just a training player. So you're just playing, just, just so showing up, yeah. training, like barely even training. And um, and then at the end of the year, Scott ended up getting hurt again. And then that's when then 
opportunity the, yeah, came Yeah, that's up. when they were kind of like, um, first they told me, nah, we're not going to be able to play you because they couldn't really figure it out situational wise. Like, yeah, in terms of like number of games that you need. To, yeah, games yeah. and like financially and this and that and like how many guys you can bring up and like, cause they'd already brought Robbie up earlier in the year. So it's like, I don't know if you can bring another replacement guy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a lot of stuff that I had no idea about. So they, they told me like, we're not going to be able to play you. Um, and I was like, that's cool. And then like, I want to say like a week later, they're like, all right, we've figured it out. I think Zim, big Zim, who was another import for us, he ended up having like a bad back or something. So he didn't play the last eight games of the year. And they're like, we can, we can fit you in now. And, and then, all right, then that's when and that's when it happened. Yeah, that's when everything kind of started. So then, take me to that. So, like, you know, you've been your training player. <clears throat> you've you're about to get an opportunity. You do the injury. You <clears throat> get back. You put your training well. There's another opportunity. <clears throat> Tell us about the first NBL game that just went nuts for you. The first, well, first we went down to Tassie. Yeah. So we go down to Tasmania. Um, we played against New Zealand in Tassie because New Zealand were staying in, they weren't playing in New Zealand that year. Yep. So there was no crowd, um, no crowd in Tassie, playing New Zealand. I didn't play the whole game. And then I, I want to say I played the last like four minutes or something like that. Mm-hmm. Funny story about that game actually, because I hadn't had a, I hadn't scored a bucket yet. And 40 was kind of like joking around. A few of the guys were actually joking around with me like, at practice, like when are you when are you ever when gonna you score, score your score. bucket, blah yeah, blah blah. Yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. I ended up shooting a free. I got a free throw at the end of that game, but then in my mind, like free throw doesn't really count as a bucket, you know, mm-hmm, like it's not mm-hmm. a bucket. Anyway, they were like pre- New Zealand will up like ten, and they're pressing like with twenty seconds to go. I think I feel a turnover, and it kind of just pissed me off. I'm like, why are you guys pressing? You know, blah blah blah. And then I ended up they pressed again with like ten seconds to go, and in basketball, ten seconds to go up ten, like you're supposed to just dribble, dribble it out. Yeah, yeah. yeah, but like they're pressing. They're in a full, like full court press. I beat the press and then like I drove, drove, dribbled into like go lay it in because they're still playing defense and the guy just kind of gave out. So I just like looped around, didn't, didn't dribble, uh, didn't shoot it, dribbled back to the top of the key. And then on the buzzer, I was just like, man, fuck it. And just shut it. It shut a three. Yeah. And it went in. So Beautiful. That's, so that's right. my first bucket. So but then the coach, the coach from New Zealand, Dan Shamir, was pissed. Really? Pissed. Didn't even shake any of our hands. Didn't what? Sh- 40, no one. He just walked off. Ugh. He was just pissed off. Because you're supposed to, like, it's, yeah, you're yeah, supposed yeah, to yeah, dribble yeah. it out. But, like, in my mind, I'm like, man, fuck it. Like, whatever. Like, First bucket, get yeah, it off. Yeah, I don't But that was funny. Um, and then, um, yeah, so coming back from Tassie, was it, ta- I'm pretty sure when we were coming back from Tassie, we had a layover in Brisbane. In the layover, 40 came up to me and was like, um, he's like, hey man, I'm gonna start you. Wow. Yeah, I'm like, what? <laughs> he told me, yeah, I'm, I'm gonna. That st- shooting in the last second was real good. You're on the team. Yeah. <laughs> no, he's like, he's like, fuck it, man. I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna start you. Like, at that point, like, I don't think we take, like, I don't think we could have made playoffs. We weren't really playing for much, you know. Like, it was not much going on, and and um, I think probably in 40s mind, and like, props to him, you know, it's just like, fuck it, I'm just gonna give you a chance, which was sick. It was amazing. So now, but then like he tells me that and then we've got another flight to Cairns, back to Cairns. So the whole time on the flight. Yeah. Out, going, oh my God, oh my God. I wasn't freaking playing? out. But I was like, holy shit, is this real? Like I'm about to start an NBL game. Yeah. And it was against Melbourne United at home, like back up at Cairns. And he's like, you're just going to go head to head with Delhi, basically. We let you go with Delhi. So then fast forward to that game. Pretty much all he said was like, I just want you to just, dog deli the whole game like just be a pest just be annoying from the get-go full court everything so like from the tip off i'm pre- uh from the tip like they win the tip and i just like fucking v-line straight for deli man like and deli's got the ball 
And I'm just like hacking him the whole way on the court <laughs> in the first, like I'm trying to foul him. Yeah, 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 yeah. And the refs just didn't call a foul. And you're like, great. Yeah, fuck it. So then this that is the kind game. of set the tone for the whole game. Um, I didn't have like a crazy game. I want to say I had like maybe like six, six or something like six and four. Pretty sure we lost. Um, then we went to Perth. Uh, had a good game in Perth as well, but yep. like, that was just crazy playing in Perth. Like yep. RSC Arena. Really sick game. Sick, man. Super sick. Um, again, we lost. And then the next game after that, that's when we went to Melbourne. And then the Melbourne game was when- um, When it went off. Yeah, when, when I had 20 and 10. Um, and then same same kind of thing. Like just had to just dog deli the whole game. Um, but like offensively, things just like went better for me. But again, we lost the game. Like we weren't winning yeah, yeah, <laughs> at yeah. the time. But, but that was but that yeah. breakout game for, oh, that's so sick. So then once you had that game where you've got the 2010, mm. what was that feeling like for you after all the shit that you've just, you know, been through with the training play, the injuries, making the most of opportunities, the, the long road, mm. and these little glimpses to, you know, make your mark. What was that like when everything's finally going in? It was great, you know, it was obviously it was um, kind of like the things you work for. And like, I just, it just really felt like it's just kind of affirming like everything I've always thought about myself, like that I can be in this league, that I can have big games in this league and be a presence and like even and be effective, like as a starter, as a bench guy, whatever it is. Like, I think it was just, it just gave me like the confidence. Uh, yeah, yeah. Just a mad amount of like, I already had the belief that I could do this, but you never truly, truly believe it until you kind of do it and see it and feel it. Um, so kind of from that moment on, I just, yeah, it just gave me a crazy sense of confidence and that like, that I really am this guy that I believe I am, you know? And yeah. Um, yeah, I've just, that was probably the biggest thing from that. Like, I don't think I really ever had a moment of like, like, holy, like this is the craziest thing ever because I think I've been picturing that moment for so long. Yeah. That, like when you picture it so much, it feels real. So then when it happens, it's like, Yes, it's amazing and it's crazy, but I think more so for people- you feel like you've already been there, yeah. I feel yeah. like I've already been there. I think it was more It was more cool for me that moment, like seeing my family and how and like family and friends and like- Yeah. It was probably more shocking to them um, than it was for me. So that was probably the cooler moment of that whole thing happening was like just seeing how happy my family was for me and, and friends and stuff like that, yeah. Hey, Legends, quick little break in the podcast here just to say thanks to all the regular listeners that are tuning on in. I bloody love you guys. I literally could not be doing this without you and I really, really appreciate it. Uh, if you've been tuning into the episodes and you haven't done these things already, I would... I would, honestly, I'd owe you one. It'd be a massive favor to me. If you wouldn't mind either liking, subscribing, or following on any of the streaming platforms that you're listening to this episode on, it really goes a long way just to getting more guests on the pod each week. The bigger we get it, the bigger audience we have, the bigger the guests are that are wanting to come on and uh, share their great stories. And um, I've been loving doing it. And, uh, you know, like I said, it's all because of everybody that's been tuning on in each and every week that I'm able to do it. And it just take two seconds of your time, follow, like, subscribe, whatever on any of those channels it goes a long way just to keep fat chat going and also just one more reminder if you haven't already we start the challenge on monday make sure you go sign on up it's 12 weeks of workouts personalized nutrition plans one-on-one coaching with me or another body magic coach we've got habit building tools that are in the website a group chat to bring everybody together create that supportive network and hopefully meet some other cool people that are also just starting out their health and fitness journeys as well it's not about getting it 100 right all the time it's just about doing just a little bit better than what we did maybe the last 12 weeks and making some small habit changes that you're not really going to notice that we're actually doing and have a lot of fun 
whilst you're doing it. So we kick off Monday, 25 bucks a week. There's uh, still a couple of spots left at www.bodymagic.fit. Uh, and yeah, we'd love to have you as part of the challenge, uh, the first Fat Chat Challenge ever and bring everybody together. But anyway, let's get back to the episode with Ben. Here we go. So Ben, a massive part of uh, Fat Chat, we talk everything performance and how you actually got to being in the, into the position that you are now. So, I mean, you've touched on it with all the opportunities, you know, making the, the most of those little windows that you've had all throughout your career and falling in love with the process of actually playing basketball. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd love to dive a little bit deeper into that. So let's start off, let's kind of, there's so many parts to it. There's, I guess, uh, your actual physical training, there's your skills work, there's recovery and there's sort of mindset and, um, um, you know, sports psych about it. So let's maybe start with like the physical training. What do you kind of do on like a regular basis uh, this year, the last few years that's really helped you improve in terms of gym work and that sort of stuff? Um, yeah, for me, it's been, it's been a, uh, physically for me, it's been a long journey. Mm. Like I uh, mentioned earlier, like I was always very like skinny growing yeah. up, still am like pretty skinny, but um, have added like a lot of strength over the years. Um, been very lucky, man, to have a lot of great coaches and great minds around me. Um, and most recently, my strength coach, Josh, Josh Keeley, who's works down at Six Principle. Yep. Um, I met him earlier in my story when I was talking about when I came back from Adelaide and I um, had signed with Knox. Mm-hmm. He was just like the strength coach for Knox, um, which is like, it's not really normal for NBL one team to have a strength coach. Um, so just like amazing that I was able to meet him through that. Yep. Um, and I've been kind of working with him now for almost three or four years, probably say three years. Um, and he's just kind of taken my body, I think, to another level yep. that I didn't really know I could reach. Um, more so, like, I think in terms of, like, fluidity, like, fluid, fluidity, like fluid movement. I don't know what that word is. But yeah, just your movement patterns. And yeah, yeah, yeah. I think, um, and obviously strength as well, and just kind of, like, mind-body connection and um, just making sure that I'm, kind of elite on the court but I work with Josh at the right now working with him like four times a week yep um so pretty much going like, the off season so you're doing a little bit more yeah doing more um I had a I had like a shoulder injury in Cairns so I came back I was rehabbing that yep um and he's he's pretty much fixed it within like two months which is crazy um but yeah so Josh has been amazing for me worked with him yeah like I said for about three years um before I went up to Cairns was when I worked with him probably um, the most. Yeah. And that was when I found my, I found I had the biggest development in my body. Um, Just a lot of like functional movement, I think. Uh, I don't, I'm not great at like the technical terms, but. um, So what you're doing, is it kind of like, so you're lifting weights obviously, or you're working on power stuff or using body weight or a little bit of a combination of everything? Combination. So I think the the new thing that he introduced me was like power work. So a lot of like med ball, um, like, side toss yeah um yeah just a lot a lot of med ball stuff that i'd never really done before um and then on top of that just like like heavy strength training so normally it'd be like pretty like functional uh dynamic warm-up um and then into like power stuff and then after that just like my my strength stuff so And I always used to train. And was um, the goal to just increase your strength or you're trying to put a little bit more size on as well or a little bit of both or are you sort of happy with the weight and everything that you're at? I was, I think for me, I was always, before I met Josh, I was always about, because I was a skinny, a smaller frame, I was just always in this mindset of like, just gain size. Like I just want to get bigger, need to put on size. And I don't think it was, it was 
now looking back on it, like it, it never really was benefiting me because I would I would often do like Monday, um, like chest, Tuesday legs, Wednesday, um, like shoulders and thighs yep. or whatever, you know? So I'm, I'm training like, I wasn't necessarily training like an athlete or a basketball player. I was more training like a, um, like a guy trying to add strength, yep. <laughs> like a power lifter or something like that. Yep. Um, and then once I had met, once I kind of met Josh and started training with him, I kind of just got that out of my mind of like, I don't need to have a big chest or I don't need to like, you know, I don't really need to be adding all the size. Like if I can play basketball at a super high level and be great on the court, then I don't, it doesn't matter what size I like, you know what I mean? It doesn't yeah. matter what I look like. It's I think more I was, about the performance of the, yeah, yeah. I think I was just always thinking like aesthetically, like I got to look bigger so people think I'm strong, you know? Yeah. Which then, definitely like the, the, how somebody's body looks is not a indication of how fit they are, how athletic, yeah. how fast they are, or anything like that. Definitely. Um, it's so much more about what you can actually do, isn't it? Yeah. Performance. Uh, yeah, definitely. But I think also that was a feedback I was always getting as, yep. as a young guy was like, or trying to be in the pro, become a pro. It's like, you got to put on more size or like you're too, right now you're too small. Yep. So like that just created that mindset of like, I need to get bigger. I need to do this, this, this. But once that kind of went out the door for me, um, I actually ended up putting more size on anyway. Mm-hmm. So the goal with Josh was never like add size. It was more just like, let's add strength. Like let's just become stronger, but like let's become stronger in these specific movements. Mm-hmm. So like defensively, like you're in a stand, you know what I mean? Like you're in a, like a squat kind of, and you got to be functional and dynamic in that. So like, let's work on that. So whether it's like, um, you know, like holding a land, like a landmine, is it a landmine? Yeah. Yeah. Like a kettlebell or resistance band. Work yeah. Or and just yep. moving in like. Or landmine. Yeah. So like the like torso. Yeah. But like yep. holding it, you know, yep. like low and like being in a stance and like moving side to side. So it's like, now I'm actually becoming, he just, just just really made me strong in basketball movements basically. Mm-hmm. Um, and like from that point onwards, I, I um just kind of like, I feel like my game just evolved heaps yep. from there. Um, but again, that was like probably a good, before I went to Cairns, probably a good four to five months of like five days a week. Hitting that hard. Yep. Five days a week, Saturday morning waking up and that's like my off day, but I'm going and doing cardio yep. and getting like maybe an extra upper session in and Sunday, take Sunday off. But like, that's the only day I'm taking off, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, for sure. So that's that's unreal about the physical training side of things. So let's go into like the skill side of basketball and being on court and what that mm-hmm. looks like for you. So at the moment, uh, is there any coaches that you're working with currently? Uh, and has there been any point in your career that you were maybe given some feedback of going, look, Ben, you need to work on this. And then what did you actually go out and do? Mm. Um, so right now I'm working um, – and and again, probably the same time same same time period of of when I met Josh yep. around COVID. I also met Jono. Yep. Jono Hanson. I had him on the podcast the other day. Oh really? Yeah. Oh sick. He's a gun. Yeah, Jono's mad. Um so I met Jono um around like COVID time as well. Started working out with him. Um but again before that, like I knew how to work out mainly because of Joey. Yep. Had like taught me kind of like a, the skeleton of working out and what a workout looks like. But I also was like journaling like workouts every day. Like I'm putting my own workouts together. Um, like whether it's through YouTube, like watching YouTube um, and just doing my own research on workouts. Yeah. Uh, but it's always different when you have someone else watching, you know, when you have someone else 
kind no, of. It's another perspective, and, and perspective. it's also like you know more accountability and just that little bit of extra motivation and drive, and yeah. probably a little bit of competitive stuff as well. When you're For sure, working and I with think someone. you have an idea. Like I have an idea of what I want to get better at, yeah. but that might not always be true because, yeah. like you said, a different perspective. Um, so Jono just kind of um, Jono really gave me a um, just a, a different look at like what my workouts were um, and different idea and just and just he has a different basketball mind you know and me me and him have a have a really good connection and I see the game one way he sees the game another way but it's very similar but there obviously are differences and and that's why I work like working with him so much because we're able to communicate what we both want like I can communicate to him what I want to work on and he'll he'll go and um he can go and put a workout together that that is uh designed for designed for that but then at the same time he adds his own flavor to it and and that's where like I see progression in my game and I think finer details with Jono has like been a really big thing for me. Like yep. I've always been really good at putting my own workouts together and working hard, yep. working hard and doing drills and this and that and ball handling drills. And like, I can get my ball handling better, but I can't necessarily see tiny details on like my jump shot or like where my balance is when I take, you know, when I'm stepping back yep. is my balance. Like, am I heavy through my left foot, heavy through my right foot? which may make me off balance on a jump shot. Like Jono sees all these things um, and he's able to give me that live feedback whilst I'm working out. Yep. And then I can feel it in my body, make the adjustment. And then in games, when I feel these things happening, I now know like, okay, this is what I That's need to do. That's what I'm doing. Yeah. Yep. Or like my shots left cause I am heavy through my left foot or, you know, um, my float is off because, you know, I'm like flicking my wrist too much. You can much just identify that. those little cues for yourself. Yeah. yeah, big time. So Jono's been massive for me for that. Um, and like, we'll continue. I, again, Josh and Jono are two guys who I met at pretty much a very similar time in my life and just, and kind of took my career to a, to another level. So for sure. Um, and then what sort of reps in a session are you doing? So for example, if you're working on a, you know, like a dribble move into a shot or you, you're working on some shooting, whatever it might be, how many reps do you do? Like are you doing like 50 shots here? Do you do, um, you know, 20 of this type of mm-hmm. um, move? How, how does that actually work? It, it would depend on the workout. So if it's like a high volume, say we're going in high volume reps for shots, like I might try and get up like four to 500 in a session, wow. like, which is, yeah, which is a decent amount. I mean, say 500 uh, takes, so not necessarily makes, but like 500 shots um, on a high volume um, session. And then after that, if we're working on a move, we don't necessarily, we're not necessarily like repping out like 50 of like a floater or this or that. It's more just like trying to get in a flow, get in a rhythm. Once I kind of feel like I've got it, it's kind of like, let's, let's just let's move leave on. it there. Yep. Yeah. Just because, um, I think once you, if you rep it out sometimes too many times and you start to get, like you start to miss, like you might make the first 10, but if you make the first 10 and leave it there, sometimes like mentally you can be like, man, I got that. Like, you yeah. know, that's, that's a shot I can make every day. I just made 10 in a row, blah, blah, blah. And then I might come back the next day or two days later, work on it again, do the same thing. But in my mind, like that, those perfect reps and those 10 perfect reps, that's, that's good for me sometimes. Yep. If you start to rep out 50 and now I'm missing or I'm getting tired and then you can- Just like because your form, you're trying to get the number. Yeah. Yeah. Your form may change because you're getting fatigued. This and that. Now you're missing. And now like maybe some doubt might flip into your mind. Like, like yeah, I can make that shot. But when I'm tired, it's, I'm not really making it, you know? So then in a yep. game, I'm not, I'm my, maybe overthinking. So I think there's, there's a fine balance between like high, high volume and then actually just- let's just like perfect the move 
in terms of like my what my body looks like um and and like the form of the shot and then once you've perfect once we've got that like let's just rep it out a couple of times until you, you feel comfortable and then let's let's move on to the next thing or yeah. maybe just move on to the next side or yeah. Blah blah blah, or the next move. In terms of actual improvement that you've seen with like your shots, in terms of like percentage and actual improvement, what's been the difference since working uh, with Jono and working a little bit more off the court yourself? Mm. Um, I think, man, the biggest thing, honestly, nothing too. Again, like finer details with Jono, there are there are a lot of things that I've kind of manipulated in my shot, but like from a, if you're just looking at my jump shot, I don't think you're going to be like, oh, he's changed this. Like yeah. you can't really tell. It's more kind of like in like, like I said before, like I might have more weight through the left side of my body. Yeah. So it's like just finding a center balance. That a little bit. Yeah. So like, you're not going to see that with your eyes watching me, but like Jono can see that I can feel it. Yeah. Um, I think just confidence has been the biggest thing for me as that has changed. Like I've just, I just, yeah, just kind of since those games, when we were talking about earlier, when mm. I had bigger games in the NBL and all that, everything off the court now has just been like, Every time I work out, my mindset is just like, I really am like, I'm the best. You know what I mean? Like I'm, I'm training right now to be the best point guard in the world. Not like in Australia or not. I'm trying to be, I really am trying to be the best point guard in the world right now at whatever, at whatever, whatever that looks like and whatever that leads to. Like that's just really the way I train. So I think my confidence from that, just like I just end up making more shots because that's what I'm like yeah. thinking about. You know, I've, I've really felt that that's changed. Like my mindset and in the way that I work out and the way I approach my workouts, it's like I'm really preparing right now. Like after this, I actually am going to go work out with Jono. Yep. And like when I get there, like it'll be like, you know, we'll chop it up and be like, ah, this is what we're going to do to work out. we're going to do. And then it'll just be a, like, I'll just flip my mind, you know, like I'm really here right now. I'll just be very present in this workout. And like, why, why am I working out? Like, yeah, I really am working out to become the best player. So like, and I feel that way. Like I feel like I'm, when I'm working out, I feel like I'm the best player, best point guard. And yeah. it's just like, it kind of is as I've felt that reflection in my workouts. Yeah. Like I, I've, I felt like I just, I make more shots. I feel more fluid in my game. My handle feels better. Yep. Yeah all just from my mind. So I would say that's the biggest thing that's Absolutely. changed. Absolutely. And then going a little bit even deeper into the mindset side of things and sort yeah. of the sports psych of, um, you know, playing professional sports. So that's been, um, you know, you just touched on all the, all those things there. Has there, was there a point where that kind of changed for you a little bit where that, or has that always been your mentality all the way through? It's been pretty consistent or was there something that really changed it? Um, and, um, is there any actual like tools and techniques that you're actively using? You just mentioned, you know, trying to be really present um, when, when you're training and, and playing. Um, I think it's always, there, there definitely was a change. I, th- I want to say that I always had that mindset of like, I'm the best, I'm this, I'm that. But there's always, I think growing up and even through the earlier stages of my professional career, when I was trying to work everything out, there's just, there's always doubt, you know what I mean? And I, I think now there's no doubt ever. So yeah. I think that's what's changed. Like I always used to tell myself, you know, I'm, I'm trying to be the best and uh, you always want to say that. But I think in the back of my mind, it's like, I just always had this little voice of like, like not nah, like maybe you're not, or maybe this, maybe that. Whereas I don't have that at all anymore. Like it's just like a hundred percent belief. Um, uh, and is that just from being putting in the work, putting in the reps, you reckon just from that experience? Putting in the work, but also putting, going, going into the mindset stuff, like putting in a work in, in, into my mind and putting, 
um, whether it's, there, there is a lot of things I do. So first I kind of started pretty heavily when I went to Lithuania. Yep. Like I got into like breath work. Yep. Probably like an easy way that a lot of people get into breath work is like through Wim Hof. Yep. Just like started doing Wim Hof stuff in the app. Um, I've been doing the Calm, uh, Calm app, which is how super similar. It's got like the breathing yep. stuff, meditation stuff. Yep. Um, works awesome. Yeah, I've heard great things about the Calm app. Um, and then, yeah, I, I kind of, I have a, I'm not going to get into this, but like I have a, a big interest in like UFC yep. and like MMA. So I follow a lot of those guys yep. and they're just massive in, in like mindset um, preparation. Like their preparation is second to none. Like in terms of any athlete in the world, I think they're the most prepared guys mentally, yep. physically, like they have to be, otherwise they're probably going to die. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <absolutely>. <laughs> <laughs> like literally going to die. Um but then, so from there, I just kind of like took different things from different athletes that I, I heard about. So and who are some of the ones that you've taken little bits from? <clears throat> um, Sean O'Malley is like probably the most common. A lot of people would know him, but his his coach, Tim Welsh, is a guy who I like follow on socials um, and like YouTube and stuff like that. But there's this app called XPT, which mm-hmm. is Laird Hamilton, surfer. Mm-hmm. Um, and he, he has, it's like, a, it's a breathing app. And I use, like, I use that every morning, every day, like breathing, whether it's, um, I do it to start my day as like a preparation. And then like, if I go work out most, most workouts, not normally for basketball, but normally for a lift, I'll do like a pre, like a pre warm up. It might be like three minutes. Um, and it just kind of gets my mind and I just, it just gets me in the right way. I think breathing is like an amazing tool to like access your mind and like kind of manipulate it into put it into what you want you know, to yeah, yeah. Well, where you the want focus, it to be. Yeah. yeah. Where your focus is. Um, so XPT is an app that I've used now for probably like two or three years. Yep. Um, and then on top of that, I've also do like I've been big in meditation. So first meditation for me used to be um, just like mindfulness. Mm-hmm. Um, I used an app. I forgot what the app's called. But I used to use one app that I um, had, but now I've kind of moved into a meditation called TM, which yep. is Transcendental Meditation. And my a family member of mine put me onto that. And then I learned it in, you have to go through like a course, but I learned that in Cairns. Yep. And I was up in Cairns recently. Um, and TM basically is just like 20 minutes in the morning, 20 minutes in the afternoon. Um and yeah, I think, I think that meditation's helped me a lot in terms of like my calmness and like readiness, my just any moment I'm in. So whether it's like a workout or whether it's like you and me here having a conversation, I just, I feel far more present. Like I feel like I'm, my mind's not elsewhere. elsewhere. Yeah. yeah which, in the room. which has always been a big problem for me. Like, yep. and I think that helps a lot going back to like performance um, or tying that back into performance and, and mindset stuff. Like if you are working out, it's very easy, especially these days with our phones, like attention span is, is something that like gets away from us. And we all probably have very quick, you know, like we just want to move on to the next thing. But if you're in a 90 minute workout and you're 25 minutes in and now you're thinking Think like about something, something else, else yeah. yeah, or you just want to move you're not on. You're getting the most out of that workout. You're not, you're not at all. Like even if you are physically there and you are physically going through the drills, if you're not really like thinking, you know, like mind body and like connection and why is this doing, like you're just not going to get the same amount out of it as, as someone like me who's yep. focusing on it. So now if I'm doing a 90 minute workout and the next dude's doing a 90 minute workout, yeah, I'm we, getting a better workout. Yeah. I am, you know, it's just those small 1% things. I think that once you get to a higher level and want to keep getting better and better, 
those are the things that make a big difference. Yeah. Yeah. So whether it's like for me, breathing, um, meditation, um, just being present in workouts, all those things, they may seem like small minor things and like maybe on the day to day, you might not see them, you know, improvement. Um, improvement. Yeah. yeah. But I think over like 12 months, you stack that up. Yeah. You stack it up. Yeah. It works. And I think for me, I think for people who probably don't believe in those things or think that those are minor things, I think my kind of journey and my kind of sh- the last, you know, 12 months of my life is like a testament to those things because yep. I do do those things every day and things have gone from pretty bad to pretty good, yep. you know, and quickly, you know, but like, they didn't happen just like, like that. that. Like, it's I've all those habits that you've things. been building. Yeah. And, and exactly on that habits, you actually touched on it really early on. I was going to make sure I loop back to it. So what does like your daily habits look like? Cause like you said, you've, you've been doing, um, you know, your, your breath work, you train, um, all these things that you've been stacking those little one percenters on every single day that are just part of the rhythm and the things that you do now. What does like a day look for you day look like for you in terms of your habits? Um, well morning first, like start with just like morning routine. Yep. Um, and my morning routine, sometimes it can vary. I used to be really, really strict with it. Um, in terms of like, wake up this first, that first, this first, you know, like next, 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 which it used to be like, I'd wake up, um, like cold shower. (laughs) Did the Um, cold out, you were right into it. Yeah. Yeah. Like wake up, cold shower, um, like straight into like a journal, straight into breathing, then my meditation. You're doing a lot of work in the wellness space. It's good, man. Yeah, it's a lot, but but that also can sometimes be, and it did for me get detrimental because yep. it's like if I woke up and I, I just was that morning. I just wasn't feeling a journal. I just I wasn't. I didn't feel You're like doing it. it. Yeah, and yeah. I, if I didn't do it, now in my mind I'm like, ah, like I didn't do I it. Didn't you know, like, it might eat away at me all day. But like realistically, it's not a big deal. Like yep. if I I still got in my. I still did my cold shower and I still did, did my meditation. Yep. But like, if I missed one of them, it used to kill me. And I used to think like, I didn't, you know, like my day is not going to be the same. Yeah. Um, and thankfully, actually, uh, this, my, through cans, I met um, this lady called Jody. Um, <laughs> this lady called Jody. But I met Jody, who is, she works in, she's a perform like mindset coach. And she was like, um, like a psychologist for us pretty much at Cairns and me and her just got on really well, like talking about all these things. And, um, to this day, uh, I still talk to her every day. Oh no, every day. I talk to her as much as I can in the off season. Um, and she kind of put that on me. It was like, I feel like you're carrying too much with your daily habits. Like I feel like you're sometimes not like less is more sometimes, yep. you know? So since, since that and, and meeting Jody and having that relationship with her, um, she kind of taught me just to, not necessarily live and die by these morning habits or yep. these morning routines. If you miss one of them, it's totally it's okay. fine. Yeah, yep. it's, t- it's totally fine. You're probably doing more than 99% of the population anyway. Yeah. Um, but still there's that, you know, there's that there's 1%. That, yeah. I gotta beat that guy, man. <laughs> but yeah, so now at the moment, right now, it's it's um, still very similar. So I wake up, coach out, um, do my meditation, my journaling's kind of like been on and off. I don't know. Do you journal at all? Uh, I've done, you know, honestly, the journaling for me, I'm on Insta that much on my stories. So mm. it's almost like I journal my day through yeah. video form. If yeah, that yeah, makes yeah, sense. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. Uh, which actually has been like uh, on reflecting on stuff for me. I was like, yeah, that's actually a part of my journaling, you know? Okay, yeah, yeah. cool. Yeah, that's really cool. Actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so like video journaling kind yeah, of? Yeah, pretty much, yeah. yeah. 
Um, my journaling is, has been um, like up and down. I, I feel better when I do it, but I feel like I suck at writing. Mm-hmm. So I just get in my own mind about that. Yeah. But I'll still journal occasionally. Um, I'll read um, and then I'll do my meditation and yeah. then I make a coffee. I make a, do you know what AeroPress is? Aero, yep. Yeah, so I make an AeroPress. That's like a, it's almost like meditation in itself for me, like making love a coffee. That. Man, yeah. I love it, bro. I love it so much. Um, and then, yeah, that's kind of the morning. For, for my habits and then um, I'll go do my workout and then I'll go lift um, and then normally in the afternoon or after the lift I'll, I'll try and get like a sauna and ice in yep. as much as I can that's I'm very lucky at Six Principle they've got sauna and got ice. all that stuff there yeah which, yeah, is, which is great um, and then nighttime I'm not great I'm honestly not great habits in nighttime like I would love to like read before I went to bed or I would love to. You just had that big, you know, full of activity day and, you know, you've been pretty on it the whole day. So that's just your time just to switch off and actually recharge mentally for that next one, I guess. Sure. But, you know, that's when I just like probably just scroll my phone. Yeah. That's when I get into that. Yeah. (laughs) Those habits. You got to do that. You got to switch the mind off at some point. You definitely do. Yeah. And it's just chill. You know, it's calming. I'll probably watch a TV show or something like that at night. Um, Great. Yeah. That's kind of how it is. So then leading into this year, you've just signed with Southeast. How how excited are you for this uh, NBL season coming up? Super excited, man. Back in Melbourne, all your family and friends will be coming every game. Mm -hmm. Yeah, hopefully. (laughs) Um, But yeah, super excited to be at Southeast. Um, So far, you know, just meeting everyone down there has been great. Um, but it's also just a new territory for me again in terms of like now I've kind of been in the NBL um, for a year or two um, and now I'm, I'm moving which is like weird that I'll be moving this early in my career yep. um, but yeah again super exciting um, and just I think change is always it's change is just it's cool it sounds like change has always brought you really good opportunities every time that you've moved it has through. it has but i got to be careful that you don't get so obsessed with change you know and that yep. that change is the driver for improvement you know what yep. i mean like you got i got to be careful that that doesn't become a thing for me um but hopefully you know i'm i'm, I'm like long term down here with southeast and yep. um just can kind of really build a build a brand down here and, and and build with this team too you know i think it's a We've got a really good team put together. Definitely. Great, great, great group of guys. Um, I know a few of them personally already. Um, so yeah, it's just, I don't know. It's just really exciting. And, and not only is it a new a change for me, I think it's changed for their club. Yep. Um, a change for a lot of the guys in the team. Like a lot of guys have come from different teams coming in. So it'd just be really exciting to see like what we can build and, and um, just like the environment and the culture that, that you can build there. It's really exciting when you can be a part of like, a new thing the build yeah yeah and be and the hard stuff the hard stuff yeah for sure and you can kind of bring a piece of you and your personality and your like traits and habits and you bring everyone's together and you can kind of create this cool this cool thing um and i think Definitely. with mike kelly at the at the head of the head of the snake and um he's just like an awesome guy so far that i've that i've been around him and i think he's just going to lead us and point us in the right direction. So Absolutely. Cool. And your biggest fan is Corey Homicide Williams, <laughs> who I just had on the couch right. uh, a couple of days ago. Yeah. It must be good, like getting just a little bit of extra uh, press from Corey, hey? It is good. Um, He's been loving it because your story is great. I mean, like, you know, right. just hearing all that today, you just go, fuck, that is just consistent hard work, just getting it done, just rocking up, just mm-hmm. making sure you're doing those daily 1% things. And that crosses over not just into like a sporting sense, but into whatever passion or whatever it is in anybody's life they can really go oh wow you know look at that I can achieve yeah. that because Ben's done that so yeah. it must be good to get that sort of recognition from someone like him as well 
It is. It's really cool. Yeah. Um, and like, I, I don't actually, I don't know Corey. Personally. He's cool, dude. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I bet he is. I, um, yeah, I don't know him like personally, which kind of makes it cool. You know what I mean? Like it's not, it's not like someone doing a favor for me or like mm. he, he knows me from previous. I think he, he like truly, if I feel like he truly believes what he's saying and like he, um, he's very appreciative and probably sees the similarity in my journey, probably to his journey, you know, yep. um, just grinding it out. Yeah. Just grinding it out. And even what he's done post career has been amazing. You know, how much success he's had, um, in the media space and I'm sure will continue to have. Definitely. Um, but yeah, again, I think I mentioned it earlier. Like it's, it's hard to continually grow in this space in like the sporting world and like the, the new media world that we live in. Um, it's hard. It's, it's really hard to grow in that space if you don't, if you're not always in it and you yes. don't have someone kind of like boosting that platform. talking about you. Yeah. yeah. And, and, um, man, Corey's been, he's been great for me. And, um, yeah, I'm, I promised everyone I have never asked him to do it. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, nah, he's, he's cool, man. He's super cool. And, That's um, awesome, bro. Yeah, I look forward to, you know, obviously chopping it up and meeting with him. Absolutely, bro. Soon. Well, mate, thank you so much for coming down and chatting to me. It's thank been you. an absolute pleasure. Like I said, your story and your journey is super inspirational and there's so much there that I know that so many people that are listening to this podcast are going to take a heap away from. Uh, so thank you so much. Good luck with uh, with the year and I'll see you over at RAC Arena. I'll be, sure. I'll be in red though, but I'll, but I'll <laughs> no. I'll, I'll, make, I'll make sure I've got a bad air jumper underneath. Okay, yeah, right? okay. I'm going to get you a jersey. Sure. <laughs> Thank Thanks, you, my man. man. And that's another episode of Fat Chat all wrapped up. Ben Air, you are a bloody weapon, mate. Like, I was a fan of you before, but I'm even bigger Ben Air fan after that. You're an absolute legend. The hard work, the determination, um, just making sure you, you're just doing all those one percenters. It's exactly what I'm always sort of preaching about. And uh, it's just amazing to hear your story and uh, already the heights that you've got to in such a short period of time. And I cannot wait to watch you in NBL 23-24. I'll be sitting there at RSC Arena, like I said, with my uh, Perth Wildcats singlet on. Uh, but underneath there'll be a Ben Air uh, shirt for sure. And I'll make sure I, uh, you know, clap, clap, when you're banging down your threes. But anyway, uh, I think everybody that was listening here on Fat Chat as, is also now a fan because you're a bloody legend. So make sure you check him out, uh, guys, over on his socials. Um, check out the uh, the NBL season that's coming up with Southeast Melbourne Phoenix. He's going to blow the place up, I think. Um, but yeah, absolute legend for coming down and doing that. Uh, as always, guys, if you haven't already, make sure you go and sign on up to the Fat Chat Challenge. I want to bring the Fat Chat community together. We want to achieve some stuff uh, heading into summer. We've got 12 weeks of work workout plans, personalized nutrition plans, habit building tools, one-on-one coaching with me. We're going to be in a uh, group chat. There's some great prizes and also the Saturday morning group session that you're all invited down to uh, that uh, Dan, Will and Scoey over at the uh, Back Chat podcast will also be involved in and coming on down, which is going to be a lot of fun. Uh, would love to have you as part of it. Signups are still on only until Monday, then they're done. Um, it's been overwhelmingly support so far. And I can't wait to uh, actually get started on Monday with everybody. But if you've been thinking about it, head to www.bodymagic.fit. And uh, as always as well, if you haven't already, make sure you follow, like, subscribe uh, to any of the streaming platforms and the Fat Chat podcast that you're listening to this one on. It just goes a long way to building the pod. Uh, I'd owe you one. And yeah, absolutely bloody love you, legends. It uh, really means a lot, all the support and all the people that have been tuning in uh, regularly. And yeah, can't wait to start the challenge. Can't wait to keep bringing your Fat Chat episodes next week. Uh, and uh, and Ben, you're an absolute legend for coming and doing that, mate. Thanks so much, guys. Have a fantastic rest of your week, and uh, yeah, really love your work. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. 
It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 